am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going deep into the subtypes of type 8, but first, a quick reminder and today's rosebud and thorn. So the reminder for you is that I will be taking a week off of podcasting next week as we transition from one podcast hosting site to another, but I will be back in full swing the following Monday, so no worries. Now, my rose for today is that I'm currently filming a video with my husband where he picks out my outfit every day this week, and it's really fun. It's fun to see what he picks for me. And the outfit that he picked for me today, um, I really, really like. And he really liked on me. It was just a really fun um, thing for him to kind of go through my closet and pick out what he thought I would look good in. Um, that was that was a fun game. That video will go up on my YouTube channel March 28th. So stay tuned for that. If that interests you, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel at Just Sarah Jane Case on YouTube. And my thorn for today is... Our 70 degree days have gone away. We had this beautiful little window of time where the weather was just an absolute dream and we could spend time outside. It was just so lovely and it's gone. We're, you know, we're, it's not so cold. Like I I can't really complain, but it's, it's in the fifties and now 50, which used to feel warm feels cold. You know what I mean? So that's my thorn for today. And my bud is that I've decided to take the time off next week. Um, so since I'm not podcasting, there's not really anything else urgent on my plate right now. And I was like, you know, I've been a little burnt out. I told you before, like I'm in a season of sprinting and I really had this opportunity where I was like, okay, I have a week that I don't have to podcast. So I could push like kind of ramp up some of the other work that I'm doing and get more done in less time. Or I could just take the week off and nourish myself and listen to my body and work from a really relaxed place. And um, that's what I've decided to do. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Now, if you've been a friend of the podcast for a while, then you've heard this spiel before, but I really believe that subtypes offer us more distinction in the Enneagram types than any other element of the Enneagram. And I typically reference the work of Beatrice Chestnut. Uh, She's just my personal favorite for subtype work. And I mentioned her in our intro episode. I'm quite frankly, a little bit obsessed. So I'll be heavily referencing her work in the series and she knows that I've like vetted that with her and everything. Now let's dive into the subtypes of type eight. I want to be clear that if you're still getting your bearings with what type eight is, then I'd encourage you to listen to the type eight breakdown episode first and then come here for this one. Otherwise, you're going to be missing a bit of crucial groundwork that adds needed context. And as a refresher, there are three subtypes of each Enneagram type, social, self-pres, or sexual, or one-to-one. Those terms are interchangeable. We all have all three subtypes, but typically we have one that is dominant, one that is repressed, and one that is secondary. In all of our subtypes of eight, we're going to talk about their relationship to lust, meaning the desire to indulge in pleasure or the want for more. So first, I want to talk through the self-preservation type eight, which the title given for that is satisfaction. Now, this is the most guarded of the eights. They express lust through the need to collect everything they need for survival. They want to be satisfied in their material needs and have little patience for waiting for their needs to be met. 
This is a quiet type eight, but they're driven. They know what they want and they quietly and directly go after it. There's no need to discuss it. They're just going to go for it, right? They have a strong belief that they can meet any of their own needs. They can get what they need out of any situation and they don't need to rely on other people. Now, this type can look a bit like type five because they're more quiet and guarded. However, there's a very real relationship to anger and desire that's not quite as prevalent in our fives. They can also look specifically like the sexual type one, although eights don't mind going against social norms, while ones are hyper aware of what is considered appropriate. The next type we're going to talk about is our social eight. The term for this one is solidarity, and this is the counter type. So as a reminder, counter types are the subtype of the number where their motivation doesn't necessarily match their action. So you might feel like internally like that type, but you might not feel like you present like that type externally. The other way I think about this is there's an inner conflict. So there's that one part of you that's pushing for the thing, like with eights, that would be lust or having more, 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 me first, more kind of thing. And then there's this combative piece of you that's like, yes, that's focused on the opposite. So for the social eight, that is like protection and loyalty. So this type expresses lust in service of other people. So they do this through protection and loyalty. They're more loyal, friendly, and less aggressive than the other two subtypes. They have this like social, antisocial push-pull going on. They're social in the sense that they are helpful aides who want to take care of others and may even be nurturing, but antisocial in the sense that they don't feel obligated to abide by social norms or rules of society. This type is hyper aware of the exploitation of others and is the archetype that we're discussing when we talk about the energy of eight standing in the gap for people who are being taken advantage of or harmed in some way, right? Oftentimes when we talk about eights, we say like they stand in the gap, they they build a wall of defense around the vulnerable. Um, That's really specifically speaking to the energy of the social eight. They often have given up their need to be loved in exchange for power and pleasure. So they learned somewhere along the way at a very young age that they would need to protect the people in their life and that they would exchange love in favor of kind of powering up. They may look like a type nine or a type two and that they are concerned for others. They're friendly and service oriented. However, the difference is that these types are more direct, they're less scared of conflict, and they present with power and control when in service to others. Okay, so the next one is our sexual eight. The word for this one is possession. This type tends to be the most provocative of the eights. They express lust through open rebellion and declaring values that differ from the norm. Fascinatingly enough, they're also the most emotional of the eights. This is the type of eight that doesn't mind being seen as bad. Um, They embrace that rebel stereotype and may even be outwardly disrespectful toward laws or regulations of any kind. They like to feel their power by possessing everyone's attention. So if you are in a room, they may take up the whole room. Like they walk into the room and everyone's aware of them. Everyone notices them. And Everything and everyone is kind of an object to possess to them. They seek intensity in relationships and in activities, and they may be thrill seekers or fight pickers. This is the type most likely to demand loyalty without necessarily giving it in return. They're unlikely to be mistyped because they do kind of fit into what we deem the stereotype of the eight. 
But if they are, it may be for a sexual four, as both of those types can be angry or emotional and demanding. The major difference here is though in personal belief. Fours struggle with a sense of inner deficiency, while eights can struggle more with arrogance. So some food for thought today as we finish our discussion on type eight is coming from Erica Jong. Do you want me to tell you something really subversive? Love is everything it's cracked up to be. That's why people are so cynical about it. It really is worth fighting for, being brave for, risking everything for. And the trouble is, if you don't risk anything, you risk even more. Thank you all for joining in for today's episode. If it was helpful for you in any way, you could say thank you by leaving a rating and review in iTunes. Those mean the world to me. And I will see you all tomorrow for an interview. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.